So I'm excited to get to introduce my friend Tyler. Um, Tyler is a second grade teacher at Hanson Elementary. Um, he also, him and his wife, lead the sixth grade ministry here at Orchard, so he's super patient and entertaining. Um, he is really funny, but he doesn't laugh enough at his own jokes, so really listen hard so that you understand how funny he is. And the cool thing about Tyler is a lot of his story I think all of us can relate to, um, and he is being brave enough to get up here and tell us, so thank you. Thank you. you. Hi there. As she said, my name is Tyler Ruane, and I teach uh, second grade at Hanson Elementary in Cedar Falls. Uh, grown up in the Cedar Valley my whole life. Graduated from Cedar Falls High School actually 10 years ago. Um, not to, I don't know if it was today. That doesn't work with the calendar. But um, I originally was asked to share this story at Big House, which is the high school ministry event um, that Naz and Orchard partner for. And then at least one person liked it. At least Nikki liked it. And... Um, <laughs> So Jeff Mickey called me and asked to share on a Sunday morning, and Nikki and I got together for our first uh, working session to get this ready for a different audience, and as we tackled that task, we really only had to do one thing. We got rid of all 21 Miley Cyrus references, so there's <laughs> none of those in here. Everything else is pretty much the same. Um, from my years of sitting in those seats and critiquing talk after talk up here, I kind of realized that there's like an unwritten rule, I think, that when you're up here for the first time, you have to either show a picture of your kids or show a picture of you as a kid. And I don't want to get in any trouble or make waves and things like that. So I've got a picture of my kids. There we are. Um, I'm obviously on the left, and we'll work to the right. Uh, the kid holding the pet lion, that is my oldest son, Landon. He's four years old. If being a basketball player at UNI doesn't work out, he wants to be a Sakura chef when he grows up, but he is really afraid of the fire. So if you're at Sakura in like 20 years and one person comes out and starts the fire and then another person comes out and cooks your food, that second person is Landon. Tip him big, please. Um, then we've got our dog Clarence. He has dreams of being a Walmart greeter someday. Uh, Elliot and Megan Tenson are our neighbors and anytime they have like the audacity of thinking about going out their side door, he is over there to greet them within seconds. I don't know if he's greeting them with joy or with anger, but that's for the people of Walmart to find out. Um, then we've got my wife, Megan, and she is great. I'm so thankful for her. She really acts as a filter for me in a lot of my life. Like, for instance, I usually, on Sunday morning, I'm like shorts and sandals. Like, even in February, I just do it. It's comfortable. And so I wanted to do, like, tearaway jeans and then have shorts on underneath up here this morning. She shut that down. So I'm very <laughs> thankful for her. And then lastly, we've got Dawson, our two-year-old. He's our youngest. Um, if being a football player at Iowa doesn't work out, he has dreams of being a dinosaur. And so <laughs> when he was like six or nine months, he had a very realistic um, pterodactyl sound. And I teach dinosaurs in second grade, so I would know. Um, and I, th I think he has a great future there. Um, as I put this story together, I was super excited to tell my story. I really thought it was mine. And as I kept putting it together, I quickly realized this is actually the story of Tigus. And if you see what I did there, I combined Tyler, Megan, and Jesus, and I got permission from Webster to do that, so it's okay. And with Tigus, that really shows, as I got that name, that God truly does have a plan. Because well before I knew Megan, my underground rapper name actually was Tigus. So God has a plan everywhere, and God's plan is pretty great. Um, to better explain this story of Tigus, 
I'm going to use a verse that's heard at weddings a lot, and it's Ecclesiastes 4.12, and it says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And that cord of three strands is what Megan and I strive for in our marriage every single day. I'm not saying that we do it, but we strive for it, and we try to keep Jesus right at that center. And that cord of three strands with my story has been in formation ever since I started investigating this whole Jesus thing. Megan came into my, my, my life right at that time, and so her and Jesus have been there for me as I've investigated um, living a life for Jesus. But before there was Tigus, we need to go back, there was just Tyler Ryan, who was born on May 26, 1988. I have a mom and a dad and a, one younger brother. Um, both my mom and dad love my brother and me so much. Just about every day of our childhood, they would put our needs in front of theirs. And as I tell you a few of these stories from my childhood, you'll kind of understand what a difficult task that was on some days. Um, when I think back on my faith during my younger years, most of the memories I have were memories of getting out of church on Sunday morning. Sunday mornings were just the worst for me. These stories of my childhood are not my proudest moments, um, but they're, they're the honest truth. Um, the first thing that my brother and I tried is we would try on Sunday mornings to fight as much as we could to the point that my mom would take us out of church. And even if we missed like one song, that was a huge victory. That was three minutes that we were not in church. We were very proud of ourselves. Um, that obviously didn't work for very long. And so we had to move on to other tactics. And so one morning, we somehow got the idea to unplug my mom's alarm clock and plug it back in so it would reset her alarm and make it seem like the power went out. And it worked the first time, it was amazing. They all woke up, my brother and I were out in the living room eating Pop-Tarts, watching superhero cartoons, and we missed church that Sunday. It was a huge victory. Obviously, that doesn't work more than once or twice, so that quickly died as well. And eventually, we just had to survive the entire church service. Just when I thought things couldn't get worse, I moved on up to junior high, and I feel like a lot of people can say that as they go into those junior high years. Um, and that meant the process of confirmation. Now, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but everybody goes through confirmation. And I did the research. Both Jimmy Fallon and Selena Gomez went through confirmation. And Selena was super busy during those junior high years with Disney, so like no one can use the excuse, I'm too busy for confirmation. <laughs> and I tried every excuse I could. Um, but everybody just kept coming back to me saying, everybody goes through confirmation, you're going through confirmation. And so, I did. Um, God put some great adults in my life to try to help spark my faith. I had a couple uncles who gave up countless hours to try to teach me about the Bible. No real progress made there. And then I had a small group leader who came for the three years every Sunday night to large group and then small group. And um, we spent most of those Sunday nights just trying to wear him down to where he would quit. And then we thought we'd be out of confirmation. And so we would get him super frustrated, just mess with him the entire small group. And then there were a couple times that he was late to large group, and we thought, yes, we have broken him down. But every time, he eventually showed up for some reason. We could not figure it out. We were like, you cannot enjoy these Sunday nights. These have to be the worst part of your week. But he just kept coming back. And as I look back on it now, at that time, I didn't really understand that he trusted God's plan for him. He knew he maybe wasn't making any progress then, but he was hopefully planting a seed, and he knew that was how he was going to grow in his faith and serve God. Um, 
As confirmation came to an end, I couldn't let it end without a bang. So the culmination of confirmation, you get to write a faith statement to where you tell about your faith and then they okay it and then you share it in front of part of the, confirm or part of the congregation. I'm pretty good at reading people, so I kind of figured out what they wanted me to write, wrote that down, got okay. Then when it came to the big night where you get to share, wasn't really going to share anything that I wrote, was just going to share that uh, I really don't have any faith, I'm not sure why I'm going through confirmation, things along those lines, and uh, that didn't go over super well. But, as you can imagine, I still joined the likes of Jimmy Fallon and Selena Gomez in the land of the confirmed and moved on with my life. Um, this was certainly a frustrating time for me, and as I was just talking to my mom, she said it was a frustrating time for her as well. <laughs> but as I look back on it, I realized then that if I'm ever going to have, if I was ever going to have a faith life, it wasn't going to be that person's faith or that person's faith. It was going to be a faith of my own, a faith that I made, and hopefully that day would come. Um, as I was preparing this, I tried to think back to the earliest time in my life where I didn't trust God's plan. And the farthest I could go was in fifth grade. When I was in fifth grade, an elementary school in Cedar Falls had closed, and apparently those kids still needed to go to school for some reason, so they came to my school. And when that happens, they have to redraw all the lines, and so some of my friends at my school, Cedar Heights Elementary, for those of you who know the elementaries around here, they had to go to a different elementary, my friends, and so I immediately did not like the new kids coming in. Didn't want anything to do with them. I was super unhappy about this. I had seen adults blame God when things go wrong, so of course I was like, hey, he's the one to blame on this one. Um, and I did not have the best attitude um, with those kids coming in. I had no clue that this elementary school closing would pl play such a big role in my faith life. One of the kids who came over to Cedar Heights was Luke Patterson. And he had no idea what Cedar Heights was all about. He had no idea that I was the math king of Cedar Heights. I had a crown that I shined and was very proud of. And what I mean by that is those math time tests, I could get like three of them done in the time it took a kid to do one. So I was very proud of it, super humble. And um, <laughs> Luke had the nerve to take a run at my math crown. So I immediately began to get to know him in hopes of finding a way to destroy him. Turns out, we had more in common than being good at math, and before I knew it, we were the best of friends. That friendship continued through junior high and into high school. Luke had a very strong faith for a high schooler, so <clears throat> I did the only, thing, only sensible thing I could think of. I made fun of his faith, because I didn't have any. Luke would invite me to Big House, which is the high school ministry event, every Wednesday at lunch in high school. Every single lunch on Wednesdays, he would invite me, and I would say no every time. And I thought he would stop asking after the first few. Turns out he asked every Wednesday. So in my attempt to get him to stop, I would make fun of him, Big House, anybody who went to Big House, anything to try to get him to stop. He never stopped. I thought I was too good for Big House, and why would, why would I need that on a Wednesday night? Then I met Luke's friend, this girl who lived next door to him. Her name was Megan. And I had, and in February, I kind of heard she was starting to go to Big House. And so, since she had been what I had been thinking about for the past three months, pretty much every minute of every day, I was like, hey, when Luke asked me this Wednesday at lunch, I'm going to say yes. So in February, at lunch, Luke goes, hey, you want to go to Big House with me? Yes, I would. I expected <laughs> confetti cannons to go off, celebration. 
Luke did none of this. He just simply said, pick me up at 6.50. What? This isn't how I thought it would be going. Almost as if he expected to wear me down eventually. That night will be one that I remember for a long time. It was down in the community center. Um, and I picked Luke up. We got in. I found where Megan was sitting, but didn't sit by her because that would be coming on way too strong. Um, we sang a few songs. And then Dave Bartlett was up front. And he was giving the relationship talk. And so he was talking about giving your present away or opening your present. I looked around, there were no presents, <laughs> and I was pretty sad. But I made it through the night. We sung a few songs at the end. Then when we were stacking chairs, we got to go talk. And so I went and found Megan, talked to her for a little bit. I considered the night a success, not the most fun, but a success. I was jingling the keys to Luke, like, hey, it's time to go. And he's like, no, we've got small group. Great, another hour, awesome. So I went to small group with him, and I was pretty surprised. I knew a lot of the guys in the small group, and the leader, Brett Williams, was actually my sophomore baseball coach, who had already taught me a lesson or two. He taught me that it's important to touch all four bases when you hit a home run, not just two. I attempted to touch two one time. It didn't go very well. Um, and then as we got into the night, a lot of the guys talked about their struggles of the, with their faith, and I just kind of sat there silently judging, like, there's no way he's going to do that. You definitely don't do that. And then after surviving the first night, I had figured, ah, I don't know if I'll try this again. But Megan kept going to Big House on Wednesday nights. And that's what I kind of spent most of my time doing, is doing some recon work to find out if she was going. So then I could tell Luke, hey, I'll pick you up. All right. Um, and since I continued to go to Big House and gave Luke a ride, I, of course, had to go to small group afterwards. And I started to feel... Um, the need to appear smart to Brett. A lot of the guys had smart answers, and I couldn't figure out how they had all these really smart answers. And soon, I learned that they got the smart answers from the Bible. So, I started reading the Bible to help myself gain skills to appear smart. Not the best reason to start reading the Bible, but hey, I started reading the Bible. And I, it went pretty well. I was giving good answers. I was actually talking in small group. Not anything relevant to my life, but still talking. And I thought it was going pretty well until this one night. And um, if you don't know Brett Williams, he came out of the womb with a beard. And so he's had it his whole life. And it's kind of like a mood ring. Like, so when it turns red, you want to get like some distance between him and you. And one night, Brett's beard started to turn red. And we couldn't figure out why. And then he finally goes, guys, I don't want to hear the right answers. I know the right answers. We were kind of shocked. We didn't know he knew the right answers. But <laughs> he knew them. He just wanted us to be real. He goes, I want to hear about what you're really struggling. I want to hear your opinions. Even if we argue, that's okay. And so, like typical high schoolers, we didn't talk the rest of the night and a few Wednesdays after that. <laughs> and then a couple weeks down the road, the awkward silence was finally broken by a kid saying, hey, I really struggle with this. And then there was a few minutes of silence. And another kid said, hey, I struggle with that too. And you can almost feel like a huge wall falling down in our group. And the future of our group looked so bright at that moment. In the coming weeks, we started being real in small group. Our days of being fake were done. Um, we had some amazing discussions. Some people would call them arguments. We never did that, though. They were discussions. Um, and we started holding each other accountable in the halls of the high school. We would read the Bible during study hall, anything but schoolwork. Um, outside of school, we pushed each other to have fun without drinking or girls. We had late night driveway basketball talks about our plans and what we thought God had planned. 
Uh, my senior year will forever be one of the greatest years of my life because of the friends I shared it with and where I went during my faith that year. Now, coming off that high of senior year of high school comes college. My college years were filled with highs and lows in my faith. It started off with that amazing group of guys that I had to help me through my first year, moving to places like Iowa, Iowa State, Central, Georgia Tech, San Francisco, and pretty much any place not named Cedar Falls. I was so lost during that first semester, but once again, Jesus kept putting people in my life that pushed me to grow. He had a plan. I still had Megan and Brett here in Cedar Falls. Megan and I read the Bible together, prayed together, and we really pushed each other to grow in our faith during those college years. And then I met Jeff Mickey and Matt Hofer, both college ministry directors at the time. They both, for some reason, invested countless hours of their valuable time to push me to be a Christian leader among uh, my peers. All four of these people kept pushing me through my college years to continue to grow in my faith. God's plan for me has always been great. Throughout college, my love for teaching grew along with my love for Megan. I had never planned to get married in college, but God had a different plan for me. Megan and I prayed a lot about it, and we somehow found ourselves ready to share our life with each other in college. I had never really sought out, sought out marriage. It was just something God had placed on both our hearts, and it's really been this way for so much of God's plan for me. I never had stepped uh, into Hanson Elementary, before I applied for the job, but God put people in my life that helped me get that first job there. And then after getting that first real job, I of course called my dad and said, hey, see, not wearing my retainer did not keep me from getting my first full-time job. He works in HR, so we've been getting interview tips for like the last 15 years, but I proved him wrong, got that first full-time job, I was set for life. And then down in the community center one Sunday morning in August, Joan Trevon comes up to Megan and I and was like, hey, I've got a part-time job opportunity that's perfect for you. And I was like, I just, didn't you hear? I got a job. I think I'm good now. But God had a different plan for us. And so we said yes to the opportunity to work with sixth graders here at Orchard. And I tell you what, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences we've had. We've met some amazing kids and some amazing families here at Orchard. And we've loved just about every minute of it. Um, another Sunday morning just with this whole God has a plan thing. We were leaving the sanctuary, just walking down there, and Megan and I kind of looked at each other and were like, I think we can start a family. We can do this whole kids thing. And we got it at the same time. We're like, how did that happen? Oh, yeah, we were just in church. Must be God. And so here we are today with two wonderful kids and uh, a family that we love. I've never really focused on any of the doors that have closed in my life. A verse that Megan and I found during that very tough freshman year that has stuck with me since, and a verse that I write on all kinds anywhere I can, um, is Philippians 3.13, and it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. That verse has always been there for me, to forget about the doors that may have closed behind me and move forward to the great plans that God has ahead for me. After reflecting upon my faith, I love when teachers kind of leave you with some bullet points. And so I was trying to think of how to do this with my story to leave some bullet points that would help. And for some reason, I kept going back to the five Ds of dodgeball from Patches O'Houlihan. I don't know why. But in case you don't know Patches O'Houlihan, his five Ds are dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Dodge is there twice, for those of you who didn't notice, because if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. 
And these have really been important to me because I play a lot of dodgeball with elementary kids. And if you've seen like Ben Barron's throw a dodgeball, these have literally saved my life numerous times. <laughs> Some of these kids throw super hard. And so that kept coming to my head. So I was like, maybe I can come up with five lessons that God has taught me and continues to teach me because I'm not exactly the quickest of learners. So we've got lesson number one. God's plan is better. Don't be selfish. In my life, I've never sought out a girlfriend. I only ever had one, really, and it worked pretty good. Um, I had plans of going to Drake and being a lawyer. I'm so glad I didn't listen to myself on that one. I would have been a terrible lawyer. Um, I would have loved to just keep to myself and not be around others. I was a little bit of a video gamer back in the day and not a huge fan of real people in general. So, um, but God's plan was great for me and was always way better than mine. I'm so thankful that I have followed his plan. Uh, lesson number two that he's taught me and continues to teach me. Everyone struggles, it is how we grow. This one just always makes me feel good. I was like, ah, oh, everyone struggles, yes. Uh, the latest area that I've grown in is parenting. After my wife and I had our first child, Landon, I was pretty convinced that he would never fall. I would be able to catch him for his entire life as he like started sitting up and being real wobbly. I would stop everything that I was doing and just sit there behind him making sure he didn't fall. Spoiler alert, he fell. And so that dream was over. Um, and it really taught me something as I go through is that parents can model, we can guide, we can teach, we can yell, we can scream, we can cry and laugh. Sometimes we cry and laugh at the same time but parents just can't save. That's something that Jesus does. And as tough as that is for me to understand, I can't save my kids. I would love so much to make that choice for them. And I have this story that kind of shows you that they have to make their faith their own. And it's still a really tough concept for me to understand. I have to trust in God's plan and live my life as an example for them of how to live a Christian life. Lesson number three. Another tough one for me. Share your faith with others. This was something that I never dreamed of doing, but man, it's ever rewarding. It's what God wants you to do with your faith. He wants you to make your faith your own and then share it with others. It's such a crucial part of helping build his kingdom and one that I love doing now every chance that I get. Lesson number four, choose joy. I feel a little bad about, about this one after what I just said in lesson three because when you share your faith you actually open yourself up and you become vulnerable to others. Um, just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to you. I really thought that. I thought, oh, once I become a Christian, I'm going to be okay. Um, but I've had close Christian friends who have had some major struggles. One friend in college struggled with alcohol addiction. Another had to sit in my living room and tell Megan and I that his, his fiance and him were pregnant. And then I had a friend who was unfaithful in marriage, which led to their divorce. A lot of people think that when you become a Christian, only good things will happen to you. It turns out that's not the case at all. What changes is when you become a Christian, your perspective on things change, and you are able to see how you can choose joy in even the toughest of times. I had to figure out how to find a way to choose joy in those situations and figure out how to walk with my friends so they could eventually choose joy as well. That whole walking alongside Christians who are in tough times thing is one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And I can remember throughout all three of those specific experiences being confused and not really sure why God had put me in this situation. How am I helping at all, I would think. And I really had to trust God through some of these tough times. And once again, 
He proved to be greater than I could even imagine. Lesson number five, God's plan is better. Don't be selfish. Does that sound familiar? Seriously, though, his plan is better than yours. It's better than mine. We have to quit setting expectations with things. When we set expectations, we try and put limits on what God can do with our lives, and we can't put God in a box. He deserves so much better. So live your life for him and watch what unbelievable things he can do in your life. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler, for sharing. Um, We're going to go ahead and close this time um, with prayer. So will you bow your heads with me? Um, God, we just thank you uh, for Tyler and for his story. God, um, I thank you that you were patient with Tyler and kept putting people in his life who pointed to you. Um, And I thank you for all of his experiences, God, that make him so able to connect to real people now. Um, And God, I just thank you that you are doing something in all of our hearts and that you're doing something in the world and that can be scary sometimes because the world doesn't always look um, like it's in your control, but we know it is and we know that that you're doing the same thing you've always done, um, which is call us all to you, God. And we just know and believe that there's power where our stories um, connect with other people's stories and connect with your big story, God. So I just thank you for Tyler and for his family and just pray, God, that you would bless them. as they continue to follow your plan. And God, just give us all um, eyes uh, and understanding just just to know and to be confident, God, um, that you're at work inside of us. Um, And I pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen.